Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Oh, it's going so well. This is my favorite season of the year. I am so, so, I so totally understand it. Not only is it mine too, with pumpkins and mm. apples and apple cider, but also you have witches and warlocks and all those fun uh, spirits uh, that come on up. I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night and for the day confined to fast in fires till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burnt and purged away. Hamlet. Uh, uh, Tom, what, what just happened there? <laughs> Sorry, I had a little spell. You, you were uh, possessed for a minute? I was possessed a bit on there is what I was to, to give you a little bit of Shakespeare from uh, the best ghost play, one of the best ghost plays written, which is uh, Shakespeare's Hamlet. I think that's really yes. the only good thing about Hamlet. <laughs> that show kind of, and the queen, I think the queen is the most brilliant role. After that, it's just, you know, it's just a teenager whining at that point. <laughs> um, there is a lot of brilliance too, because you see the, um, the psychological toll that kind of everything uh, takes because of the visit of a ghost. Um, and ghosts, you know, this is a perfect time to talk about them, is what it is, uh, because it is Halloween, correct? Yes, it is. And I was hoping that we would talk about this today. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm on point, finally. Um, I will say, you know, the, the Elizabethans loved uh, their, they, they loved the other world. They talked about it all the time for some reason, it seems. Um, even though Shakespeare, you know, didn't use ghosts in every single play he did, um, they were there. And he also kind of played with the genre, too, because there were certain rules that you could only use, right? For, for ghosts, it was just that, like, okay, something bad is happening, so a ghost is going to appear. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. Shakespeare started playing, which is really cool, with... Um, kind of as he gets as he gets more as to be more mature writer you know something like hamlet the ghost appears when yeah something's wrong and everybody can see him though not just the main character versus when he finally goes in that wonderful scene I, and i've used it for scene work um between um hamlet and um his mother um with polonius in the background but all of a sudden only hamlet can see the ghost so we played with that game he played with that game of who could see these ghosts who couldn't as well too which i thought was really cool um, and then, you know, as he goes along in, in other plays, he uses them for fun, which I always think is great. So yeah, um, from there. Yes. Well, as you mentioned, he doesn't have ghosts and witches in all of his plays, no. but there are a few that, that do include them, including Richard III, Julius Caesar, yeah. Hamlet, Macbeth, and Cymbeline, which is not as well known as the rest of them. Uh, so I was hoping maybe you knew a little bit more about that play and you could share oh. what how different the ghost specifically is in <laughs> that play versus the other ones like Hamlet. Right. You know, I love Cymbeline um, and I've been wanting to do a production of it very, very badly um, because it's such a weird play in the fact that it's, I always say it's kind of like if you know how Disney did the movie Enchanted where like they kind of made fun of their own kind of brand, right? Of the princess, mm -hmm. princess story, and you know, the, the villain and, and and kind of turned it upside down. Kind of that's what Cymbeline did. That's what Shakespeare did, sorry, with Cymbeline. He kind of was like, yep, whatever. I'm gonna take all the plays and I'm gonna put them into one. Um, is what he kind of does. So, you know, um, he, and it's it's very Jacobian um, the way it is too. Um, the Jacobian is a little bit different. It's the kind of the period after, um, the Elizabethan 
uh, uh, time. The plays are instead of outside, they're more inside. You see that they are dealing with a lot more nobility because really the only people able to afford the theater at this point start becoming the nobility. Um, but you know, you have um, Posthumus uh, sleeps in prison, the ghost of his father, mother, and younger brothers. They come in, um, but they're there though to take him from his miseries and then they vanish. Like they're there for good. They're not good there mm -hmm. to say, you know, um, oh, we're murder, you know, we're, 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 we're good. We want revenge, you know, we're right, going right. Revenge on stuff. They're really just there like for fun is what they are. And um, usually that scene gets cut sadly, which is really funny, but um, you know, yeah, also, yeah. yeah, right? I haven't yeah. seen it done ever. Yeah. So the thing about this play is that you have to realize too, is that it, it, it goes everywhere. It sprawls everywhere. And you think the whole play is supposed, supposed to be about the title character, Cymbeline, and kind of like, you know, um, Pericles goes, the, the main character doesn't mean much. It's everybody around the main character or mm -hmm. what the main character is kind of like set up is what they've done. So the other part too is Cymbeline has a lot of spectacle in it. Um, spectacle in the, uh, in the Jacobian time, was huge. So, you know, you wanted people coming in, you know, being lowered from the ceiling or raising up from uh, the, the floor. You know, they had this new technology and Shakespeare wrote for it. You know, you, I, you see it in The Tempest, you see it in Cymbeline, definitely. Um, you do see it a bit in um, Macbeth. Oh. oh, you said it. Yeah, three times, Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. Macbeth. And then, luckily we read a page from Hamlet, so we should be fine. We mm. should be totally fine. Okay, good. Um, that's what you do. To, counteract that curse you know so many people don't know that that, that play is cursed it's it true me. it totally scares me um but anyway well like, you're the first one who told me about that years ago yeah you're right you want to take a, a quick minute and explain what you're talking about sure so shakespeare's macbeth is cursed uh, for a couple of reasons number one the play deals a lot it has not only it has witches in it and it has ghosts in it it talks about a king being a murderous king um, as well, too, and rising in the ranks. And, you know, there's a lot in there. You know, it's it's a very, um, it's got a lot of no-nos in the show. It's also very short. Um, and I also say once the killing starts in that play, it goes fast is what it does. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to be um, moving to a new school uh, to actually teaching high schoolers this year. Oh, nice. uh, and when I walk in, um, in the middle of the semester, I will be teaching, teaching Macbeth. Um, and like I always say, you know, once Macbeth starts going, it makes no sense. His mind is the mind of a killer now. Um, it, they're, they're, it makes no sense. So anyway, so there's a lot of killing that happens really quickly. People have been stabbed on stage. Actors playing Macbeth have lost their voice or uh, 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 kind of um, hurt themselves really badly, fallen off stages. Um, usually something, you know, bad can happen during that time. So a lot, um, a lot of it happens a lot of bad stuff happens. So, you know, if you're in the theater and you do say, we, we refer to it usually as the Scottish play, mm -hmm. you know, we, we refer to it as a couple different things. So we don't have to say it or that play that dare not speak its name. But And when you say we you mean the actors, right? Actors, the whole cast. Actors, everybody, everybody is in the theater, no matter what. Um, you know, They're all the, very superstitious. They're <laughs> a superstitious bunch. <laughs> The first play, of course, that I ended up doing, that's Shakespeare, you know, is out of college, you know, one of the first plays I did um, was, of course, Macbeth. Um, and what we did is we would read, and you know, there's so many things to counteract the curse. There is turning around three times on the stage saying Macbeth, 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 and then throwing a 
thing of salt over your your left hand shoulder um also some people will make you leave the theater if you say it and come back on in if you say the play's name and apologize to the actors after you've done that um, another way too is to read especially if you're in the play where you're going to be saying this name is to read a page from hamlet before mm -hmm. rehearsal or before your performance so we would do that is what we would do and one day we didn't do that and i was making the first entrance and i'm running down the aisle to jump onto the stage with a flag because it opens up the, our production opened up with a war a war to let people know a war is happening before the three witches come on with the infamous mm -hmm. um you know uh, when shall we three meet again in thunder lightning or in rain um and i tripped on the the stair going up to the stage and fell flat on my face um nothing was broken it just it just hurt for the rest of the day dun, dun, um, dun. <laughs> but you know the woman playing uh uh i will say the woman playing claire was her name who played lady macbeth and i wanted her role very badly um she came flying out from you know the castle set that we had up Kim's flying out with her old copy, tattered copy of Hamlet and starts screaming out like some random lines <laughs> as what she started doing. So she's like, we forgot to do it and Tom's gonna die. It was <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was fine. Um, it's just Tom being Tom, I felt. But um, hey, you, you never know. know. You never know, but things were going so well with that opening scene. Uh, you know, there's this whole fight going on on stage. I come flying through and then wham, I'm like, knocked out it was great so anyway so that's what that play does sometimes uh, well i have i have something else that i want to make sure we get to you um so the ghosts are harbingers of change and usually yeah. change for the worse in in yep. uh, shakespearean plays there's also something else that isn't necessarily a ghost or something that dramatic but doorways are also used a lot in plays to signify something. If you go out of a doorway and mm -hmm. walk into a different scene, it, it, it really helps to signify to the audience and to the actors mm -hmm. that this is something different. You're going in or out. And I know you mentioned to help counteract the curse, you leave the play or you leave the whole theater and you re-enter. So that re-entering that those doorways really become symbols as well. Is there anything along those lines you want to talk about? Um, no, definitely. Uh, like I always say, and that's that's also a I feel that's a director thing, too, as well. Um, but you know, you have to realize in Shakespeare's day, there was no director, so they used these. Um, it, 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 there really wasn't a director. The director role did not come into place until the American theater in uh, 1922. Was a director. We started looking at directors. You know, directed by was like the first thing it said. It usually was whoever the company manager was, sometimes it was the lead. So they had to use these um, superstitions that we now have or these um, conventions um, to let the audience know, okay, I'm leaving this way. That means I'm not coming back or, you know, I'm coming back as a, um, uh, or, or things are gonna go, are not gonna go well, you know, uh, kind of a situation. Um, so it, it's really funny how that, how you, how you mentioned that um that if you're coming on if you're coming uh through the, the audiences knew this you know they they had this down and i think it's because there was no director they just had to go with what the stage mechanics were or what the mechanism was and you knew if somebody was coming from down like you know a god like jupiter or mm -hmm. something things are good and you know in in something like as you like it or even in cymbeline you know, everything is going to come back together in the world. If someone's coming from lower of the stage and entering on up, 
that mm -hmm. means we have a problem. Um, and if someone's coming in from a certain side and only that person can see them on stage, that also was a part too. Um, I know when we directed Macbeth, both times I've done it um, with Valley Shakespeare Festival, there's that big banquet scene. That's when a, a ghost, the ghost comes, one of the first kills, one of the second kills <laughs> makes. There's way too many. Um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of murder in that play. A lot in that one. I was like, let's do that in the bar first. Perfect. Um, so anyways, so he comes in and we decided not to have the, the person playing Banquo, who's his best friend who he kills. Um, and uh, we decided to have him actually, to have him not look at him, have him, you know, look at just the air that is right there. And that is, you know, that's, I think, just as scary as he's telling, you know, you, 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 you're like one of the lords at the table who's looking at him like, dude, what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't see anything. What are you looking at? Either too, you know. Um, uh, so that's kind of the um, the. I found that to be scarier than having somebody come on in all bloodied up and and looking like a ghost. And when I did it as an actor, um, they did the they went with the bloodied up ghost guy so people could see him. But I think we scared more people. I, I had so many people leave. The, the second production that we did more than the, the bar was new. So that was just fun and everybody was drunk. Um, <laughs> but the second time we did it, when we toured it to schools and stuff, I did have people um, say, I don't think I need to see another production of Macbeth after yours um, because they were so frightened and scared by it. And especially that scene um, where they're like, how crazy are you, dude? You're not seeing anybody there. Whereas the audience not seeing anybody there, we're just as confused as you are, which you should be. It's okay to be confused in that play, you know, I think. Um, uh, I think you need to, I think Shakespeare wrote it that way. Shakespeare played a lot with psychology. He used his ghosts when he could to play with psychology. And that's what makes him different than um, his other contemporaries that wrote, I feel. Um, you know, when you do look at, um, and you look at the source material he went for, there would be ghosts in him, but he would use them a little bit differently sometimes is what he would do. Like, you know, the Spanish tragedy is kind of uh, the basis for Hamlet, basically. You know, it's mm -hmm. just sometimes longer um, is what it is. If you can imagine Hamlet being longer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, he, he, knew to, he knew that he had to follow and people were looking for that. He was a businessman. I, oh, I, say, I think I've said this yes. in every single um uh uh, uh podcast. podcast done yeah. right yeah i think i've said it in every single podcast maybe not uh christmas carol last year but maybe but yeah, well, uh, well, yeah, maybe. But, uh, scrooge was a businessman and i do say dickens took exactly from all of that um all of that stuff from uh what's his name from uh jacob marley it's all taken from shakespeare's hamlet you know dickens mm -hmm. loved his theater dickens was theatrical himself you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, I think that's why I fell in love with his books as a young kid, because they were super theatrical to me, you know, but also we're telling you a, a good story at the same time. So, um, you know, Shakespeare knew that he had to use them in his plays, but he he did play with them a little bit. He played with how they how his usage was going to be with them uh, to bring them on in, which I thought was uh, which I think is really great. You know, Richard III, you kind of see that the, they come in kind of as normally they would. We do we knew, do know this play was very, that Richard III was very early in his career. So you see, mm -hmm. but you see him starting to go away in that play, I feel, from the Elizabethan tropes that would have been on stage and starts um, experimenting on his own a little bit, 
you know, um, and then, you know, starts getting into Julius Caesar and then Hamlet, you know, where he uses, you know, the father so brilliantly. And then Macbeth, where he uses Duncan so brilliantly. And then Cymbeline, where he's like, you know what, I'm going to use these for fun. Why do they have to be? And that's why I, I, we always say Cymbeline. And so I guess we're going to need another parental warning. Cymbeline, <laughs> a friend of mine, when, when I, I didn't know it, you know, I was young. I was a young actor and I, I didn't know it. Um, and I hadn't read it yet. I knew it was in the canon. But I just hadn't read it yet for whatever reason. And uh, he said, yeah, Cymbeline is basically the middle finger to the Elizabethan theater from Shakespeare and the old way of doing things from Shakespeare. You know, it's that like, yeah, you know, pop up, you know, is what it is. It's a great play. It's a lot of fun to do. It's hard to do. It doesn't get done a lot because it does sprawl all over the place and you need a director who really can rein it in a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun. Um, I'm excited to, to do it. I have, I've adapted it actually already. Um, yeah. Well, I know that the 2022 season is coming up and that's our 10th our year, 10th season. Imagine that, my gosh, oh, 10 years like, of, of So this. fast. <laughs> Too fast. I, I keep looking back, um, you know, I don't like to look back a lot, but I keep looking back at the company, how it's grown. Um, I'm excited to talk about our 10th season and some things that we have planned. Um, mm -hmm. happen, especially coming out of, it's nice because we're coming out of the pandemic as well too. Not that we're totally out of it, but we're coming to this new normal is what we're doing. Um, and I think it's a, it's gonna be a nice revitalization, revitalization of Valley Shakespeare. Shakespeare wrote these plays so that they could be um, performed at any time by anyone. If you cut a line, if you do this, if you do, you know, it will pivot the play a different way and it could still be played in front of kings and queens and you not comment on the politics of the time, mm -hmm. or it could be, or you, or you can't, you know? So I think it's really interesting how he did that. And again, he was a businessman. He knew ghosts. The Elizabethans loved the other world. They loved talking about it. You know, he knew the, pro you know, he knew that there were Protestants. He knew that there was the church of England, um, especially, you know, who loved it the most was when he was writing under the, Jac the Jacobian time uh, with King James. King James, he wrote his own book about it. He loved good ghosts. They were called the King's Men. What the hell are you gonna write about? Ding, ding, ding. Ghosts in there to get, get a couple extra shekels, you know, to retire on, because he was starting to retire at that point. Um, or spirits, you know, he, you know, or spirits, not the fun spirits, but you know, the spirits. <coughs> so that's, um, that's, I mean, they were all drinking those spirits anyways, because the water was polluted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was, when I first learned that way back in, in like high school, I think, oh, yeah. and they said that people would drink the alcohol because it was, you know, it's alcohol, yeah. so it's more sterile, uh, versus the water that was always contaminated. So it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy yeah. to think what kind of people were just kind of walking around on a daily basis and it was accepted um, because everybody had to do it because it was safe. Yeah, they found cannabis in, in, you know, merry old England back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone was just high and drunk at all times and having a great time and writing this brilliant <laughs> stuff too. So, you yeah. know, hallucinations and having a good time. So I, I don't know why we've, why we changed. It's great. Well, Tom, I think this is a great conversation that we've just had, and I think it's going to be a good podcast episode. So, uh, it's one that people want to share with their friends and neighbors. Uh, 
just as a reminder to everyone out there, we do have our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our website, vsfestival.org, and our Patreon. And that is a great place to keep up to date with all the stuff that's going on, to get early access to tickets for our upcoming shows. Our 10th season's going to be popular. People are going to fill up those seats, especially because of the times and we're coming out of the that's pandemic okay. and everything. So if you want to make sure that you get those tickets, sign up for our Patreon and the links on our website in the show notes. And if you just go to patreon.com, search for Valley Shakespeare Festival, you'll be able to find us there. Memberships start at $5 per month. You can do $5, $10 or $15 a month. Each level gets you different access to different things. And it will be on Facebook and our emails. If you're not on our email list, make sure you subscribe there. And we will catch you in the next episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next month. And send in your questions if you have them. We would love to hear from you. Yes. Can you stump Tom? Good luck. Thank you for listening to The Bard on the Pod, podcasting theater as you like it. This podcast is hosted by Kaylee Mahelko, chair of the board, that's me, and our artistic director and founder, Tom Simonetti. For more information about Valley Shakespeare Festival and this podcast, visit vsfestival.org.